Hello, baby. Welcome to the Style and Direction Radio Hour, presented by Lux Soap. <laughs> Lux Soap? Lux Soap. What's the, what's the tagline? Week, the, the tagline is, it's always delicious. The soap is delicious. You should eat it. Just wait till they invent Lux Pods. It's it, we've, We're inventing it right now. It's in our <laughs> factory. Anyway, this week, the boys have themselves in quite a mischief at the radio network. Hey, uh, Ethan. Hey, hey, Spencer. Aren't you glad we got we get to clean up our boss's office right now? Oh, brother. Uh, he He's such a hard ass. He, he you know. He's Mr. Hard Ass do. is what they call him. <laughs> We're not allowed we... to say that on the radio. Does someone yeah. call my name, Mr. Hardass here? Oh my god, oh, Mr. Oh. Hardass. Yeah, Ethan we're, we're, Spencer, I have to go to Washington, D.C. post-haste because Dewey just defeated Truman. Oh my god. That's I, what I, I think, printed the wrong newspaper. Then. Why? Uh, so I need you guys to clean up this office, but do not touch this face. We this won't, This face Mr. is Hardass. very important. You got it, boss. You, you can count on us. Bye! And then the door slams. We didn't have the Foley for that one. Our Foley guy quit. There it is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, time to start dusting this vase. Oh my god! (laughs) What are they gonna... How are they gonna fix this? Tune in next week for another episode of the Style and Direction Radio Hour presented by Lux. Soap, it's delicious. And the future kids will, be, kids will be cursing to get a taste. That's right. Wow, that's like a sitcom. <laughs> that's the definition of a sitcom, actually. That was a situational a situ- comedy. Yeah, and the comedy is that vases break. That's Yeah, the, uh... it, it, it actually is pretty funny. I don't know why they don't make vases out of like metal or concrete or like something that doesn't break. If I was... Rubber. Uh, Mr. Or rubber. Rubber, rubber. I mean, oh, actually... Let's quit the podcast us. and invent the rubber vase. Let's get Mr. Wonderful <laughs> on the horn. Let's talk to uh, all the do, other do, sharks. Do you think he's gonna he's gonna Skype in where he's wearing his suit and then like just boxers? Have you seen that? <laughs> does he do that? He's one of those guys. Yeah. So when the pandemic happened, he, like he he still does his like what's his name Dennis O'Leary? No, that's not his name. It's uh, <laughs> some Kevin O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary. Yeah, he does yeah. like his like podcast hour it's like a video podcast and he like talks about how poor people it's poor people's fault that they're poor Uh um and he just he like he makes a point to like have a wide shot and you just see that he's just wearing the top half of the suit and like so he does it on purpose yeah i don't know what he's trying to say how he can't afford a whole suit yeah exactly it's it's so well that's that's how he's such a smart businessman he's like you know what you only need the top half i'm not gonna spend the extra (laughs) money on the pants it's like i can't like i think he's on the side of like work from home but then he's also like a dick you know or he's yeah yeah he got into like some like debate um on tiktok about uh is he on tiktok is mr wonderful on tiktok i mean his clips are on tiktok okay uh yeah and so but i think he did like a live stream with someone and someone like obviously like clipped it and it was like him saying, 
oh yeah, well, why don't you just save and buy a house? Like, well, you can't, you can't do that because that's not how that works. Yeah, why don't um, you just not kill someone with your boat or something? Um, anyway, did he do that? I, he, I think his. Either no, I think maybe uh, allegedly. allegedly, allegedly. There we go. We saved it. Stay, <laughs> there we we saved go. It but right anyway, um, yeah. I I when I was unfortunately I got blocked, but I think I might have talked about this before. Someone I went to high school with ended up marrying Representative Matt Gates of Florida. Yeah, that's a real oh, one. God. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for a while, I was like still like I like followed her on Instagram because I knew her in high school, um, and. Like I would get behind the scenes Matt Gates content, which was oh my weird. God, he did that a lot. He did the top half of suit and like shorts, and she would post it, and it was always very weird. But at a certain Ugh. point, she uh, she uh, cleared up her following list, and I could no longer see what weird shit he was up to. <laughs> There's an uh, unfortunate update, I think, there where I think like a court or something. Oh yeah, this some, was like a couple l- weeks ago. Yeah, it's gonna be a long time ago by the time the episode comes out. I know, yeah, but it's like, uh, or there was there was something like. Uh, Oh, he's fine because the age of consent's like sixteen in some of the states he was in. So it's like, well, oh boy. And the funny not... thing is that 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 like news account that said that says, and yes, I am a libertarian. Why do people keep asking me that? <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's it's almost like a meme. Yeah. You know? Well, we're this is uh, we do not endorse representative no, Matt no, Gates we, are, on this we, we are if we ever have we are disavowing that association what if right we now. if we if we get him on the podcast just to ask him about his why, shoes why, or something yeah, why wouldn't? do your fits suck oh yeah. god well speaking of well I, not really I'm not trying to no, not speaking our... of fits that sucks <laughs> yeah but speaking of fits and the opposite yeah. there we go throwing we're doing Dude. a short cold open because <laughs> we want to have more time with our guest. That's right. Yeah, we hey Kyoshi, it's all for you. Um, we want to welcome Brett White to the Star yeah. Russian podcast. Welcome. What's up? Or Mr. Hardass. That or yes, Mr. yes Hardass, my Emmy character. nominated role. Yeah, yes, there you so go. A, it's like starring, characters. starring Spencer and e, uh, Spencer, Ethan Wong, and Mr. You know, or or with, oh, I get the, right with I get Brett the White. Introducing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> introducing. Yeah. Well, welcome, Brett. How how are you doing today? Uh, you know, it is it's it is great. We're mm. living in uh, a not hellscape. You know, three years in. Um, right. <laughs> we're fine. Or I mean, honestly, like eight years in. The entire decade in my thirties completely <laughs> uh, a wash. Yeah. <laughs> because of the hell that we have been in since 2015. Why? Hey, what a fun start. <laughs> it is a fun start. Let's not burn out hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, Brett, for some of our listeners who don't know who you are, and um, I'm assuming I doubt a lot it, of them do. Because yeah, there's yeah. just no there's just no way. I mean, we have yeah. like the same 200 listeners every episode. Um, that's a fact because I see I see the analytics. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, why don't you tell everyone who you uh, who you are and what you do? Because it's a really yeah. cool job. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I'm a I'm a senior reporter producer for Decider dot com. Where I write about, I mean, I like writing about Drag Race, Marvel, and Star Wars, but I tend to have to write about Lifetime movies and huh. uh, Netflix reality shows a lot. Yeah. So, you know, hey, take the good, take the bad. Um, <laughs> I, I also am the host of the Must Have Seen TV 
podcast where me and my co-host Ethan K. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, watch one episode of a 20th century sitcom. So pre 2000 and then uh, talk about it. And I there's a video component on YouTube where you can mm-hmm. see me in drag as Barb Hardly for I am. Also a drag queen who performs mostly in her home office. Okay. <laughs> so that's a that's a lot of uh, stuff going well, on. I mean, really I have, quick, I have they, more stuff I'm sure I'll plug throughout. Yeah. Well, yeah. based on the, the, the podcast, do you have, is there like any show where it's like uh, you hadn't seen an episode going in and you watched it and you're like, holy shit, this is like my new favorite show ever. Is there any well, like, recommendations you have like that? So uh, I'm Dickens, he's Finster, uh-huh. <laughs> which only that lasted. Awesome. It, oh god, I think it lasted two seasons. Yeah. Um, but it so it stars John Aston, who Gomez Adams, who you can see over my both of my shoulders. Actually, there, there he is. is, and there okay. he is. Um, uh, it stars him and Marty Ingalls as Dickens and Finster, who are just like two guys who get into schemes. Uh, okay, that <laughs> actually I think, sounds I think fun. I love. I think that they're setup. carpenters, or they're like construction workers, or something. But we, we just watched one episode, and it was just like such really good, solid joke and physical humor uh, that we were both just like what 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 the hell uh yeah. that's great um and we actually recently the most recent episode we did was Dobie Gillis which I am familiar with Dobie Gillis because it was on Nick at Night when I was a kid but this is oh god like 58 to 63 like it's like mm. that time so very beat Nick it has you know uh oh, Bob cool. Denver yeah, aka the, the title card which is pretty cool yeah, I mean, he stars uh, Bob Denver as Gilligan, who was Gilligan later on, but this is yeah. his more his previous role as um, Maynard J. Krebs, G. Krebs, the uh, beatnik. Oh, wait, I've seen this character before. Like, I've Yeah, seen, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, he's is... the inspiration for Shaggy on Scooby-Doo. Okay. Um, oh. So nice. it's kind of like a late 50s, early 60s uh, teen sitcom that is actually kind of avant-garde and actually still funny. Like it, it, huh. it was the episode we watched was just 30 minutes of philo- philosophical uh, wrestling with like, what does a teenager do after they graduate high school? And it was just like really heavy. And it was like, geez, okay, man, come through 1961. I, yeah. I've never been like too big into like, uh, I've never really gotten too much into like old TV. I watched like the twilight zone uh, and like Columbo. Yeah. Um, and I kind of want to watch more because it's like, I mean, one, it, there's so much TV. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like every, sometimes I'll look at like IMDb for an actor I like. And then it's like, oh, wow. Between like, yeah, like 1973 and like 1980 something. They did like a dozen TV shows that I've never heard of. Um, yeah. Well, like, there's also like a lot of them were part of like John Aston is one of my favorite actors of all time. But he mainly just did guest spots in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So you can like see him as like a. A kind of like a, a Hugh Hefner type on uh, The Odd Couple or a pickle salesman on uh, Charles in Charge. That sounds great. Pickle <laughs> so, salesman. <laughs> Wait, um, I have a question. So hold, so you, you kind of alluded you know, to your 30s. Or how do you get into old TV, Brett? Like, I know, like, I mean, obviously, I mean, since we've like followed each other, I, I know that you're all in this thing here. And, you know, how did that work out? I mean, back in uh, my day, us elder millennials, uh, you know, I mean, like, yeah, just growing up, uh, cable cable was essentially college for uh, pop culture history. Like it was almost like as a child, you are every single channel is a different course because back then all uh, cable networks were actually different. They weren't all just 
the same reruns of Murder, She Wrote, and then a reality show about either a picker or a grinner, a toker, a smoker. Yeah. Um, you know, cable networks nowadays are just uh, nonsense. TLC, the American History Channel, the exact same thing. Huh. But, um, you know, back then, like Nick at Night and Nickelodeon even were very good vanguards of television history because I grew up watching, you know, Looney Tunes, from that were made in the fifties that were referencing celebrities from the thirties. And I was watching that in the eighties and nineties. So it's like, I know, you know, like Casablanca references from, <laughs> from Looney Tunes or Animaniacs yeah. or something. There was a lot more, I don't know. Like there was a lot more, uh, the past was a lot more relevant and active back then because I mean, because we didn't have the internet or like memes. I think mm-hmm. that has definitely filled that void because back then, like everyone knows uh, whatever the hot meme is right now uh, in this month, this exact month that we are like recording. This week. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like back then it's like everyone had watched the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Everyone had. So you can make a mm-hmm. Brady Bunch reference in a 90s sitcom and everyone, like everyone gets it. Like that was our shorthand. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up watching Nick at Night and that's like just exactly my entire. I, I actually do call say that I'm like of the Nick at night generation hmm. and not oh. other than like, I mean, millennials, like whatever. It's like, I'm more of a Nick at night generation. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> I love seeing. Yeah. Like what the, like, like quote unquote, like universal, like rev- like understood references are uh, in like older things. Um, and it's also, it's also fun when you go back far enough into like the, the, like the 19th and early 20th centuries. And it's all just like, references to the bible or like classical <laughs> mythology and that's like that's, right. yeah one of the things that always we- not weirds me out but always surprises me is like in those 50s 60s sitcoms everyone knew standards mm-hmm. like they would all there was a lot of singing and it was a lot of everyone knows the words to these songs that were oh, written yeah. in the 1800s and no, it's I like nowadays all the time in like old movies and like yeah, yeah no one knows <laughs> I don't know, like if you knew Susie, like I knew Susie or something. Yeah, like none yeah. of us, none of us know any of this stuff anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we might know all the words to "Since You've Been Gone." Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. The USA. <laughs> but it's like that. Is that, is that as modern cool standards? Thing? Well, because I yeah. think the other thing, and now I think we're just going into like I don't know sociology or history or whatever. But the other thing is like we do that? for for a lot of the 20th century until like you know home recording became more and more widespread, like home recording and radio the way that most people would hear music is they would have like a piano or something in their home and yeah and they would buy sheet music and play it themselves or have the 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 roller the automatic my grandparents right, yeah, had yeah. the automatic yeah. piano thing they kept all the little rolls with the punch punch outs and you put it mm, in it would yeah. play yeah and so you would just get like you know shine on harvest moon or whatever uh and that's that's the music that you had anyway <laughs> let's i think we're getting a little off topic mm. Well, but I want to know, like, talking about that. Yeah, no, this is this is really yeah. great. So, so growing up with that, how did that translate to? I mean, that that's pop culture of of one type, and then you know, get into like comics and everything. Is is there is there a correlation there? I mean, I think that I'm kind of a gestalt. Like, I'm kind of just like, what happens if a, a kid with asthma who hates sports and is going to realize he's gay in 20 years is born in the late 80s, like yeah. mid well, 84? Uh, because, like, I grew up Nick at Night, but then also, you know, 91 to 93 is the renaissance of superhero uh, comics. I mean, mm. I 
watched, you know, the first episodes of Batman, the animated series and X-Men, the animated series in October 92, when they both uh, debuted and uh, that changed my life forever. Hmm. Um, Yeah. And then so like getting into X-Men and stuff was just kind of like, that's just what you do. Uh, That was another one of those wild things. Like I treasure that like third grade when X-Men came out on Saturday mornings and like, when we go to the playground, literally everyone in the class, everyone is playing X-Men. Like it hit <laughs> Hendersonville, Tennessee, yeah. very hard. And like we were all collecting all the like uh, trading cards, which were Marvel Masterpieces 2, X-Men 1 and Marvel Universe 3 uh, sets. And during reading time, we would all like put up little signs that was like cards for sale. And we would like walk around with our lunch money selling cards to each other. They had to be banned. I made two bucks one day. It was pretty fun. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, like I think that's just kind of the what what uh what you did at that age. But there is also this overlap of I really do enjoy classic X-Men, which is of that era. 70s and 80s X-Men has become a very big touchstone for me. And just even to segue into like menswear and fashion and stuff, mm-hmm. like John Byrne, who is you know, the most influential X-Men artist uh, of that golden era is also, was also just like super into fashion. Mm. Um, he is also oh. incredibly transphobic and uh, allegedly oh, a no. bigot. I don't know what I have to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly he's transphobic. You could find his comments. There. So it is. So I do find it like weirdly enjoyable that he has a gay man's taste for fashion huh. and, uh, interior design his she-hulk run is like he always talks about like yeah she's sexy it's like no dude you were drawing really spot on women's fashion and interior design yeah. and he brought that to x-men so like oh, he brought like disco and like late 70s really of the moment art to the x-men like cyclops walking around like a turtleneck and like a tweed blazer i was gonna like, say like i think i've seen i've seen like stuff from like X-Men comics that have like pretty good outfits. So is that yeah. like, that was like an early inspiration. That was probably John. Yeah. John Byrne, uh, because most, most, uh, comic book artists at that time are men and they're mm-hmm. generally like men who don't give a shit about clothes. So yeah. when the superhero is not in a suit or uh, their superhero suit, they're usually wearing a poorly rendered suit or uh-huh. a t-shirt and jeans and converse you know or right. or like just cowboy boots like just nothing oh, exactly. of interest but like when john byrne draws wolverine out of costume he gives him like the shirling the like you know a leather jacket with like right, the right. collar a, a cowboy hat but one that has like the like feather kind of like beading hmm. and stuff around the brim oh, like yeah like a, like a bob yeah. dylan kind of a thing yeah like he gives him he goes that extra mile you know drawing Man, the seaming on the jeans and stuff and i can't find any of his drawings of any of the characters out of their <laughs> like superhero costumes that's all the nerds care about <laughs> god damn, i mean i'm like yeah. I'm probably within arm's reach i have i mean honestly i have john byrne she hulk literally right here at my <laughs> anyway, yeah. my uh, laptop anyway <laughs> Wow. What I think, just to go back just a little bit, I I think it's interesting that, you you know, when you said that everyone was playing X-Men, because that's like, I always grew up having like comics or like that kind of pop culture be like niche. And I don't mean, I know we've like talked about like nerd stuff in the Discord. And I think as we've touched upon it, I think it's the Christian aspect of my upbringing, where when I'm thinking about like being in the playground, everyone was playing sports. (laughs) 
Or they were playing uh, Ark Noah's Ark. No. <laughs> they're all Noah's Ark. They're or they were doing two like favorite animals. Who's the guy that wouldn't get out of the tree? That wanted <laughs> to get in the tree to see Jesus. Oh, and Zachar- Jesus was like Zach- Zachariah. Yeah, yeah. The we're playing that. The shorty. <laughs> the shorty. Or, or if they were, if they were in the, uh, if they were in the, uh, the playground, they were like doing like tag, or they would like just like do stuff. And I, I played what I called mix up, where it's kind of like. I mean, I guess it's like, yeah, you, you get to, like, become a character and you just play with each other. Like, oh, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be General Grievous and then someone's <laughs> yeah. going to play, you know, Indiana Jones or whatever. And you start, like, you know, having an adventure. What and I remember not. Oh, met. man. Maybe we should. In- that should be our podcast. <laughs> Indie versus. Or, like, oh, I just. Oh, mix up. Right. Like, yeah, just, yeah, just general, general Grievous versus anyone. General Grievous uh-huh. versus Sherlock Holmes. Uh, oh, man. I feel. Would, I mean, it and it's about who would solve crime faster. Yeah, yeah, you got to give different different parameters on that. Um, yeah. So, did every was everyone like? Um, did you have a lot of friends who also got into like this like culture reporting thing as you as you got older, or like did it just for you became a career? And everyone else kind of just made it as like a hobby, or how did that happen? Yeah, I mean, like I I went to college in Tennessee uh, for TV production, so I was like on the okay. track to become like a local news director. Uh, oh, I mean, okay. like the director of the news program, not oh, no. like a news director who assigns assignments. Right. Like, um, and that got me to New York where I interned at the late show with David Letterman, which kept me in New oh, York, cool. which got me to, I mean, it, it's my, the entire career is like a dominoes knocking into each other. Yeah. Um, Cause then I got a job at wizard magazine, which got me into journalism. And then from there, uh, like that one job is where I met, every other comic book journalist and or like person who works at Marvel or DC or Dark Horse like I know all these all these people and that got me into comic book journalism which is a uh, con and if you are doing it make sure that you ask for more than $40 an article people <laughs> oh, yeah I heard that uh, and yeah. ask for money because a lot of sites will not pay you so oh, yeah. that's cool. always cool the advice I give interns uh... it's <laughs> very scam um but yeah like no i got into that and that is what got me into you know i mean my degree in tv production was irrelevant the instant i graduated because youtube happened like (laughs) like, when i I was like if you're gonna be writing about tv it's like you know it's always good to just like uh, like i i always think that if you're gonna be a critic you don't have to be like a like a great artist in whatever field that you're criticizing but you should at least know how something is made no just like how something is made the production process and stuff like that yeah i mean because like for a while when i was really deep into multicam dv production like i could not watch an award show or saturday night live or a late night show without seeing like oh there's not enough headroom there (laughs) that cut was too fast the mic's dead like because that was what i was like drilled for like two years in Mm -hmm. um but yeah now and then since then i've expanded to full the full spectrum of uh pop culture tv and movies which is also comic books now yeah um so it, it's so like that's kind of where it went uh and that wasn't what i uh, expected but that's mm-hmm. fine <laughs> i'm not i'm i tried to be a tv writer i tried to sell my pilots they're very good if tv agent wants to read them they're there but yeah. you know i'm in this which is fine. Well, Which is you fine. Heard the show we did at the beginning. Maybe we could produce it. We could. Yes, we could. go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, to get a little bit more into kind of like the style and fashion, like we, I think this has kind of been like a setup because uh, one of the things that I like about your style is how well you kind of incorporate your interests into your outfits. 
Um, yeah. And so when do you think like that started? Like we talked about, like, you know, you got into like X-Men. Oh, and, yeah. Like old TV and stuff like that. When at what point were you like, OK, I kind of want to wear like a dress it now from that Cyclops has. Or this, like, <laughs> well, I mean, like, whatever. you know, uh, when I was a senior in high school is when Weezer dropped the green album. So, yeah. you know, like uh, that was my first, I think, real I'm going to try things was like trying to dress like Mikey Welsh from uh, Weezer's Weezer's second basis. Uh, so, you know, I had the metal studded belt, but wearing it with like a gap Argyle sweater, and, you know, wow, yeah. uh, Converse that I'd written all over and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that, that went into college. Like all my friends also grew up watching old television, old movies, old fashion. Like we're all very into the 60s and 70s. Um, I would throw match game parties. Uh, I love it. And, and so like we would all kind of try to outdo each other in terms of like our thrift store finds or like every time we would go to see because you know, Murfreesboro was a college town and it was a very, very vibrant uh, indie rock uh, scene because this is again is 2002 to 2006. Uh, so it is peak of strokes, white stripes, etc. So wow. there was a lot of, you know, uh, trying to be as uh, indie or weird as possible. Um which I mean, for for like, like some of my friends was like bought dresses that were clearly for children, but huh. looked cool. But like children in the seventies, it's like, well, I'm yeah. gonna see like squeeze, you know, or like me. I bought a um, I went to Goodwill and I found a three piece brown suit with orange pinstripes. Ooh, okay, and, and like a like a tan and brown paisley uh, lining, and I bought that. Um, and Very it 70s. actually mostly fit, and I would wear that all the time. Like you know, uh, so like that got me into it, but it wasn't until I really got into my thirties and I more evolved into uh, my current uh, interests, which I do harken back to my college and actually caring what I looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause a lot of men don't, nope. <laughs> especially is- a lot of men in the comic book and like, even like journalism uh, realm. Like, Absolutely. They, so I am. So yeah. So I just started, I, I kind of like decided, you know, you can, you can show that you love Star Wars and X-Men and shit uh, without just wearing a Star Wars t-shirt mm-hmm. or without wearing an X-Men t-shirt or something. That's like news I, to a lot of people. Yeah. Like, like So like when I saw Captain Marvel, because uh, I love Carol Danvers and have forever uh, through Miss Marvel, Warbird, et cetera, phases. So when I saw her movie, I, I have a tie that is red, blue, and yellow stripe. So I wore that. Did yeah. I have a pocket square? It's just like, because superheroes are so known for their color combinations. Yeah. And so you can really break down. I mean, I wear purple and green all the time because they're like two of my favorite colors, but also She-Hulk. Mm-hmm, um, right. And also like Joker, Riddler, Green Goblin, uh, like yeah. Hulk. It's literally every <laughs> it's a the lot of characters, Goblin. but I wear it for She-Hulk. Um, uh-huh. Right. But yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, I like I like that. You know, it's like I know keep singling out Kyoshi, but hey, there's there's Disney bounding right there, baby. There's there's colors, <laughs> you know. Well, because like something I always think about is like um, you, every time like I go by like the courthouse or whatever, I'll see lawyers and some of them, you know, it's like one of the few jobs in Southern California where you're actually required to wear a suit still. Yeah. And I'll see every once in a while, I'll see lawyers that have like, like fun like Marvel socks or like Wookiee cufflinks or something. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's a little fun, but I feel like there's still even more tasteful ways than that. Yeah, I mean, you're a fan of these things. Or like, I am 
Because I do have Millennium Falcon cufflinks that my sister got me. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if I've actually cooler than Wookiees, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, no, but like I, I think that there is a fun way to play with. Like I've often thought about, like I would love to start a line of neckties that are I don't know, like maybe like take the blueprints of the Millennium Falcon, but blow them up to where they just look like abstract lines. Oh, that's actually kind yeah. Of, you know, okay. and maybe you can tell that like the the like the the mandibles are like at the top or something so someone that knows can tell but you know and it also looks cool but it isn't also like you're wearing just like a a tie with just like a whole bunch of millennium falcons on it and like a funko han solo at the bottom with a (laughs) thumbs up you know i mean (laughs) yeah i went to i went to WonderCon recently and uh you know i got this like you know like a big tap from from my friends because like oh look you should buy that tie it's a joke because it was just the rebel starboard just all like just all on it and i'm like nope yeah not gonna do that <laughs> or it's like i also like when you can figure out how to take like the in design or the in universe design like what would a neck oh, well yeah. we do know what a necktie looks like in the star wars universe because cyril karn wears yeah, one that's when he right gets that horrible oh, job yeah. uh so but like it, it's you know i wouldn't do that because that is literal like <laughs> I, i'm i'm a walking character at star wars galaxy you know star <laughs> yeah. wars uh galaxy's edge um but like figure out a way to like take that yeah uh well i feel like we kind of did i don't know the first time we went to galaxy's edge i feel like we both kind of thought it's like okay i'm not going to dress like a star wars character but what do i have that kind of looks like something from star wars yeah i thought we did it as like we're just like guys in the 70s because like we wore like oh serpent g and like a well that was the concept then yeah hey yeah like that's when I went to Galaxy's Edge, I wore um, which was part of uh, Star Wars Celebration last year. I, I, I have a vintage. I bought a vintage Hawaiian shirt from the mm. 70s and I okay. wore that with my Spear of McKay uh, linen field jacket over it. There you okay. go. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that that feels very 70s and very uh i don't know han solo in the 70s at hawaii yeah. or something I, I mean young lando straight up wears like an aloha shirt that's right yes, he's he's so. uh, tunic or whatever that's actually i remember thinking that thing was so cool yeah but um, okay so where does like the trad menswear part kind of come i know you kind of said about you know you thrifted the suits and everything and then there's like the fun ties but like you know you said it was it's more recent than you know for for your current iteration of style how did yeah. the current <laughs> part start for you that was all like 20. Uh, well, like I always I've always really liked wearing like jackets and ties. But, okay. you know, when I was in college and stuff, that is like going to express men then known as structure mm-hmm. and buying, you know, button down shirts that were like weird spandex like that material. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know, right. but like because I did you know, I'll get that and I'll buy ooh, this JCPenney tie looks like mod targets. I'll get that, you know it's kind of like not knowing it was really like fine tuning the details and realizing what I really do like was what happened as an adult. And it was like 2016 when I really became re obsessed with the Bob Newhart show is what Uh. like drove me down a lot of this. Um, Because I've always loved, I've always loved Bob Newhart. My drag name is a play on Bob Hartley. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Barb Hartley. Um, Yeah. So like I've always loved him and I've always loved how he dressed on that show. And I was watching that as like a coping mechanism for 2016. And, (laughs) and I just like, it really hit me. The, the intersection of uh, Bob Newhart, his character, what he wore in real life and what he wore on the show, like all really spoke to me because Mm -hmm. he's this mild mannered dude 
who never once is like his style a part of the show, but he is clearly dressed better than all the other men on the show. Mm-hmm. And usually when a man dresses well, it's like a Barney Stinson or it's it's like a part of their character. And usually right. they also look horrible. <laughs> or like I don't know. Like they usually also just like look like, Ugh. but like Bob Newhart on his show was wearing like, you know, cool, uh, cool jackets, like huge fur collars and weird sweaters or lots of jewelry. Uh, plaid pants and just all this stuff standing out, but never commenting on it. And his mm. character was also not like ostentatious. Uh, and and that just like really spoke to me of like, oh yeah, you can care about how you look and it doesn't have to be a thing. Like it doesn't have to be weird or remarked upon. It doesn't have to be Ross buying leather pants, you know, or right, the puffy right. shirt. It can just be Bob Hartley is a well-dressed uh, man. Yeah, and, and that I- like, that really, and that's why I now have, I did a Tumblr. All of the looks are on Tumblr. And then I am stuck in like season four on Instagram. Cause well, I'm I was going to say, I, I just, uh, I was Googling, uh, Bob Newhart on the, like, uh, just like looking at images. And then of course your article from 2018 came yeah. up, uh, <laughs> which, which I'm looking through now. <laughs> yeah. Which I have framed above me, uh, because, <laughs> and, and the, uh, Bob Newhart's response, the oh, email he go. sent me is below it. Because <laughs> he, he emails me, which is wild. That is um, super cool. But no, like, like, like I have a trench coat uh, and it is because of you know, those Bob Newhart opening credits with like the, the hat and the trench coat and like going to work. You know, I just mm. I just I, I just uh, love that. Because um, And a lot of that stuff was his own clothing, right? It was, it was yeah, just like the actor's clothing. What is wild is like when when I would watch him on Carson clips at that exact time, it's like, oh, he just looks like he's wearing his Bob Hartley. On. Like, I mean, his pinky ring and his ID bracelet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. were his because i mean he just wore them all the time and especially like his bit loafers and um his gold watch that i'm still trying to figure out what that is because I, yeah. I have one that's kind of like it. uh but yeah like i mean all of my menswear uh inclinations all come from television like they don't come from they don't come from having like red books or being mm-hmm. obsessed with 1960s college yearbooks or yeah or or, Or, or even illustrations from the 30s you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, so i mean like all mine is like loving these old shows like when i watch the odd couple now like Mm. both felix and oscar are so well dressed uh i mean oscar honestly follows y'all's uh style Hmm. (laughs) which is wild because he's the slovenly one but for slovenly in the 70s that's like uh you know like a, a wool blazer and jeans and a yeah, gray yeah, sweatshirt yeah. like it's just like he it looks, looks cool sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but back then it's like ew no he looks great uh and then felix is just wild uh just mod everything and i yeah. you know love that wait so uh, how did you pick up on like the details because like you know there's a lot of guys out there who will who kind of do the same thing of like watching something on tv like mm-hmm. oh, i'm gonna do that and then they go to like or express I, or i feel the like, mall. like even then like there's a lot of this stuff i feel like most people don't necessarily like register like they'll watch the bob newhart show or whatever and they don't really register it's like oh wow this guy's outfits are like really cool um yeah i don't know why like well so like i think specifically with robert wagner uh in in heart to heart um because that was my the second big leap forward for me was man i always turned to shit whatever like 2020 when i discovered (laughs) 2016 and 2020 my two big style years um (laughs) but like when i was watching watching that show because he's my other like north star of style i just like noticing the little details of like straight point collars uh cuffs with multiple buttons 
Uh, he yeah. has three buttons on his cuffs, and oh, I yeah. can only get two. Uh, you know, just like little. It's things. a Western thing. It's like a it's like a cowboy like that because a lot of Western shirts would have like three, and so like I think in the seventies when <laughs> he just translated were, like, it to that. all of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it, it's. I also think that it probably has something to do with my brain is very detail oriented and that is that really does actually speak to the comic book person ah, okay. in me yeah. because it's like very as I also drew a lot as a kid mm. like I was I also oh. was an artist and would draw and when you're drawing superheroes like I could draw everyone by memory like it was wow I, I know which was not. I'm now thinking like, I guess that is strange, but it's like, I just had every, every single X-Man, every iteration of every one of their costumes committed to memory and just would draw them and et cetera, like all the time. It, so it's probably has something to do with that of like being able to subconsciously pick up on those like details. Um, yeah. There's also noticing that Robert Wagner also has a signet ring and a ID bracelet and uh, always, always, wears double breasted uh i think six by two double breasted uh um sport coats yeah but his suits are always three-piece suits like like just like weird like stuff like that that i that i always uh that i would just start noticing and then wanting to like obsessive over we've talked about this before on the podcast but yeah it's kind of weird how there was this period in like the I don't know, I guess like the nineties and two thousands, maybe where like, like uh, people think of um, 20th century men's style being like very, I don't know, like, like stuffy and uh, not expressive and stuff like that. But then, yeah, you like look at old photos or you watch old movies or TV shows and you see these like characters that are these like tough guys or manly men. And they have like a bunch of like gold jewelry on or. Oh wearing. yeah. And it's ascots, it's, baby ascots yeah, and, and kerchiefs. Like, and it's just kind of oh. weird how, like, I think that's it. We're starting to like roll the other way now a little bit, um, which is good, but it is kind of weird that there is this period where it's like, Nope, we're just going <laughs> to not do any of that. Yeah, 90s and 2000s are just awful. God, mm. just terrible to me. I mean, uh, when, when I watch like Friends again, because my brother famously, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, he just has it on repeat. Like he's just, he just watches it over and over again. But like, you know, the contrast between like the 90s fits of Friends and then like when it gets like to the 2000s, the outfits are just so bland and boring. Yeah. You know, the season crazy. one outfits are so interesting to me because like there is a, there, Friends debuted in 94, which is, at this bizarre period of the mid nineties where like thirties art deco was really, really the thing for a second. And mm. it's like, that is what like Frazier has a lot of that early on news radio is very that like uh, Phil Hartman's wardrobe on that. Yeah. And the Chandler <laughs> is wearing all of these. And I do think they were actually vintage ties from the thirties that the wardrobe person found. Um, yeah. And so it is and it, like a lot of Browns, a lot of olives, a lot of, you know, suspenders and just, high-waisted like a very weird thing and then it immediately shifts to pastels and Mm -hmm. like light jeans (laughs) yeah (laughs) and pleather everywhere uh and it's like god no we were on to something for a hot (laughs) second (laughs) no no it's it's so funny like when we watch the player like so many hollywood execs and and you can see this in like you know in fraser people like will be wearing like collar bars and like foulard Mm -hmm. ties and then Yeah. yeah it just it just goes out the wayside um, this is what I love about these older shows. And I think that's also what I, I've also become more fast fascinated with like masculinity 
because I also think like growing up in the South, growing up gay and not liking sports and being also liberal, uh, I found nothing in masculinity that interests me in the mm-hmm. South. Like I had no male role models that I really I didn't know that I could have them. Like, it was so like, I don't understand anything that my dad or anyone is talking about. And right. it isn't until like becoming an adult and becoming more, uh, more into who I am and more into like accepting of my own sexuality and stuff and discovering men like Bob Newhart and Robert Wagner who present very traditionally masculine, but also really clearly enjoy looking nice yeah yeah <laughs> which is a thing that like you know tim allen never cared about looking <laughs> nice you know <laughs> so i think that like as i've gotten older a lot of it has been i'm really fascinated with how masculinity intersects with that old fashion because like in the 60s and 70s men could there was weirdly a lot freer time for men like yeah. men could wear a lot of different wild i mean like there's a photo of Bob Newhart and Don Rickles at Disney World, I think, where Bob Newhart is wearing a denim jumpsuit. <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like, he's 50 and he's wearing a denim jumpsuit at Disney World. This is great. I mean, I'm I rewatching it. through like <laughs> Mad Men right now. And obviously, like one, it's not Mad Men is not actually yeah. from the 60s. Uh, and two, all these characters are supposed to be like rich advertising executives. But still, it's like crazy when you see like, yeah, like Duck Phillips or like Lane Price or these characters. Yeah. And they're wearing like odd vests and like pinstripe shirts or like, sorry, pinstripe suits and like, you know, contrast yeah. collar shirts. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> like I feel like an executive now would like not be able to wear something like this. Absolutely not. Because it's yeah. goes too gay. Um, uh-huh. But also when Mad Men hits that sweet like 1968, mm-hmm. 69s and everyone just loses their minds. And everyone's wearing that. plaid pants and gross. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, Harry Crane, icon, <laughs> iconic. <laughs> The, the photo of his him in his yellow double-breasted <laughs> suit or whatever. That's funny. my vibe. God. Yeah. So as you as you got into this stuff, um, how did it, you know, factor into how you bought how, how you bought things? You know, like you kind of mentioned um, in our Discord, you know, you go to like Suit Supply. How do you how do you go? How do you navigate shopping with that in mind? Mm-hmm. You know, it is hard. And also I think in New York, like I envy y'all being able to drive places. I hmm. mean, like it is literally like New York City. And I feel like people will be like, you idiot. New York City is everything. But I'm also like, man, I live in Jamaica, Queens. It takes me forever to get anywhere. Uh, if I can't order it and have it delivered to my door, ready to fit me. Like I can't like any tailor that I want to oh, go okay. to is yeah. a 40 minute train ride and then like a 10 minute walk. Oh man. And okay. sometimes when I get there, they're not open, even though the internet says they are. So wow. it's like. So it's just like I as I got more into this in like 2020, which is also like pandemic. So, of course, everything had to be online. Uh, You know, it was a lot more. I was very big into bonobos for 2016 to 2020 because they you could customize stuff there in terms of like they had a lot more like inseam links and whatnot. Uh, So that was like training wheels. Hmm. (laughs) Um, But then like my suit supply suits are both. Custom. They're both made to measure, and they're both like things you can't get off the rack. Because and, and what kind of suits are they? Are they oh, the... I have a double-breasted green, you know, peak lapel, uh, purple lining, uh, pleats uh, suit, and I have an uh, I have what I call my Gomez Adams suit because that is low-key what it is. Yeah, uh, double-breasted like navy uh, pinstripe <laughs> suit that I because I I was Gomez Adams every year for Halloween, and I was just like, let's just spend a thousand dollars on getting the whole the actual thing yeah. and i mean hey you can wear it outside the costume it still looks good <laughs> i mean i'm not oh and i do um but yeah like both of those were you know going on 
like because suit supply you could look up like all the sales associates that work at a store and i would look that up and like then stalk them to find them on instagram to see like how they actually dressed you know for personally because you know i think that it, it bore fruit of like if you see what a person wears in their own life, you know what they like. And so therefore, you know, when you go and you say, I do want pleats, mm-hmm. I do want peak lapels. I want the biggest lapels you can give me. You know, they're not going to fight you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which other people at Susan Supply might. And so, that's, I think that's the really hard thing about finding a tailor too. Um, yeah. It's like, it's yeah. like, you got to find the person who's like, like good. Like someone uh, who's like actually knows what they're doing, but not someone who's going to be like, don't you want it slimmer? <laughs> like, don't you want yes, it? God. Yeah. Like my like my best friend, we were going to a wedding last year and he was like, I've never had a uh, never had a suit before, like made. I want to do I want to like, you know, he's not a fashion person or anything, but he wanted my advice. And so I was like helping him yeah. and he's a bigger guy. And I was like, we're going to we need to get <laughs> no skinny lapels, no skinny ties. You are big and the skinnier that stuff is it's just going to make you look bigger and i do not understand how tailors think that the opposite is true uh and so but still like the the new york uh tailor guy in queens that we found really like just hustled him through and got yeah. him the cheapest black suit with like no and i was like oh god fuck yeah we tr- i tried you know yeah. and i wasn't gonna like say anything because i was like this is i don't want to like ruin his experience I'm not going to cause a stink in this. It isn't my <laughs> suit. I tried. Uh, but like, yeah, I was like, no, no, no one wears pleats anymore. Like that kind of stuff. Like, God damn it. So wow. a lot, Clearly not a lot of it is, you know, since I can't find vintage as readily as you Kings, mm. <laughs> you Kings of California, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of my stuff has to be, you know, spear and things that I can, and prop my shirts are always proper cloth and mm. trousers are usually spear because I can just, I know my measurements and I can just get them made to fit me yeah. and they come and I can put them on immediately. And it's only taking me about three years, but I'm close to figuring out my proper cloth measurements. <laughs> it's only taking me thousands of dollars because I'm also too lazy to return anything. So I keep everything. I totally get that. <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, also like knowing my measurements, I do go on eBay, you know, and if I can find a suit jacket or sport coat or blazer or anything that is a 23 inch sleeve, I get it. Because hmm. <laughs> that's that's how long my goddamn arms are and it's impossible to find them. <laughs> It is it is interesting to like, you know, have to buy stuff that, that fits you pretty perfectly so you don't have to take that journey. I'm so used I'm yeah. so yeah, I'm so lucky that my tailor is like a ten minute drive away mm-hmm. and I can just go there and he's there. There are times yeah. when he's not there, but you know. If I could drive, God, it would be over for everybody. It would just because <laughs> I have two suits that fit me that but like the pants are too big or too long that I need to get tailored. And I've had them for like a year or more. One mm. of them is a full three piece Botany 500 suit, which Botany okay. 500 is who supplied yeah. all, like all of Bob Newhart, every game show in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, oh, well, sometime, so, someday. So what details when you're when you're out buying stuff like do you think is like very you or like not not details but like things you know like you buy a lot of ask like you know the ascots and the ties have a lot of block stripes I've noticed you know yeah I mean I love uh, I, yeah ascots and neckerchiefs I think are the two things that I. I don't know. Are they coming back? I mean, like it's, it's always a. I, I've been wearing them for a long time, so if they're ever coming yeah. back, I'm I'm part of the trend. <laughs> I'm part of the trailblazer. I, I got mine because of because of you and my friend Jay, who I mean Jay wears more like <laughs> bandanas. 
yeah uh, but but you know wearing, wearing it with a sport coat i think is really cool you know yeah or i mean like i like oh i also i have a denim jacket that i i love i mean i've always had denim jackets because of my uh, rock and roll heritage <laughs> stupid uh yeah. so i have a denim jacket that has a whole fuck ton of enamel pins on it but i'll pair that with an ascot or a kerchief or something too and or like i, I don't know i do like mixing a high and a low like mm-hmm. Wearing good, nice trousers and a nice tie and shirt, but wear it with a field jacket or something, which I mean, that's not I'm not I'm not breaking any. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, hey, I'm not being works. super edgy, but it's something. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. I mean, that that's usually. That that's usually what I tend to go towards, and I, I've. Uh, yeah, like the wider the lapel, the better, you know, the yeah i mean it's also just very hard to find any of this stuff i'm a mall person i fucking love malls Uh and man it is hard to find any anything this is what i just don't i don't understand why all men's suits by default have to be horrible (laughs) that is a really good question like jc penny and dillard's and sears and all these you know department macy's they have they carry a ton of suits Mm -hmm. like thousands (laughs) But why are they all within this this very narrow range of like they're all going to have thin lapels? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to find a peak lapel among. But it's like you have a thousand of them. Why can't one or two? Like it just well because I know that like aren't a lot of these suits. Maybe it's getting in conspiracy territory, but a lot of these like kind of like just department store suits, like the lower tier, like you know Lauren by Ralph Lauren stuff. Yeah, like a lot of these aren't like really from that designer, right? They just like buying some pattern and then slapping a label on it and being yeah. like, yeah, this yeah. is now Ralph Lauren. Um, I kind of, obviously this is slightly different, but I know for a fact this happens in tux rentals because when I was working at Men's Warehouse, that happened like three times where they'd be like, okay, that Calvin Klein suit, now it's Ralph Lauren or now it's like Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Abood or whatever. Joseph A. Banks. Yeah, it's God. like they would wow. just like switch the label. It would be the exact same suit, but that's crazy. It's a new brand now. I was um, like, why can't that amorphous brand be double breasted? Like, yeah, like yeah. just a pleat, like offer us any type of variety. And mm-hmm. I think it's like this assumption that men don't care to care is to be gay. So do not care, men. Well, because I think you the, go the, and you buy suit and make fire at grill. Like the really lame Father's thing Day. that I, that I've heard is the new trend from like, um, like, like people who are personal stylists to, like, you know, like rich men or celebrities or whatever, is they're saying that the the new thing is that guys want as few details as possible on their suits. So you're seeing a lot more like, you know, like one button or zero button suits or like hidden plackets oh. and stuff like that. And it's just like, okay. isn't the fun thing like having shape and details and whatever? Oh, man. And like you would so think, right? Yeah. Both of my custom suits from Sue Supply. So uh, Josh Cooper and Tim Hartley, I always shout out to mm-hmm. my two... Uh, suits of who are now at the armory uh i'm very proud i picked them well (laughs) Uh, but like when i went so like the second one my my gomez suit i had just come into some money because of some stock options that i didn't expect to happen so i was like i can pop off and it was like no i want the hand stitched buttonhole on the you know and it was like really it's like yeah (laughs) but it's like you can also get like you know the felt under the collar of this Mm. of the jacket and i was like make that hot pink and huh. then also, I want the initials C and R in it for Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I know it's there and it's just like bizarre. I love, I love details. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's, 
I think the whole reason we like menswear, basically. Yeah. And I've noticed, and it took me years to notice this, but Bob Hartley on the Bob Newhart show, he has his initials embroidered like under the un, under where the pocket would be, because I think his buttons don't, don't usually have pockets, but he has mm-hmm. them like on his chest right there. And it took me forever to notice that, but I was like, oh, yep. There he has them. So yeah. I've been trying to get those, but but it's like, Does yeah, proper why would not do that? They they do, but I think the the one time that I ordered them, they didn't come with it. So <laughs> yeah, they they, they like, forgot. No, They're probably gonna, just like, no one wants this option. This is a bizarre option to have initials embroidered on a chest. Yeah, but who needs I'll it? I'll do you, it eventually. Your dry cleaner? <laughs> yeah, my my three Ascot Chang shirts have them. Yeah, right under the uh, the breast pocket, which I think is yeah. a really cool placement for it. I do like that. I kind of yeah. If I when I get more custom shirts, I yeah, would like, yeah, I and I and that. I like my initials because if you go to any X Men arcade game in the country or in the South, you'll see BSW at number one under Nightcrawler. There you go. Because I'm good with Nightcrawler. I don't know how people play that game because it seems those like side scrolling, but like the beat I know, things it's, up. It's so good. That's all I care I, about. It's the only game I like. <laughs> I can't like dodge. I mean, I'm so bad at like you know the. Uh, joystick arcade games that are not like Galaga or something. Mm-hmm. It um, is. Or it, it's an art. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, but we'll, let's talk about like knitwear very briefly. I mean, you, you have like a lot of like fun waistcoats that you wear. Oh, yeah. where, did, where did that kind of come Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I have a lot of, yeah, my, uh, I don't even like sleeveless cardigan vests. Like yeah. they're, and they're all from, the first one I got was like a, a J Crew that I probably got on a Black Friday sale. But then I think the rest of them are all spear. Um, because I think people usually go to Spear to either, you know, buy or dunk on their jackets or whatever. But but like uh, they're knits. Like I, I have like a long sleeve polo. I have a long sleeve polo that I really like and a, a short polo that I like. But both of them got accidentally tossed in the dryer. So they are both hmm. now unwearable. R.I.P. Nice. <laughs> I've, I've had oh, that no. made that mistake way too often. Um, so, yeah, like they're knits and stuff. I really uh like a lot and so i've gotten a lot of i mean like in every color for those and i think there it's a really fun i'm trying to even think i don't even think that any of my tv heroes wore them so that might be hmm. a unique to me thing Ooh, hey i'm original nice. um but, but so like what i did discover in analyzing everything bob newhart wore <laughs> in the bob newhart show is he wears a suit or separate suit separates or whatever to work and then when he comes home he takes off the jacket and puts on a cardigan so, like, I don't ah. know, if you're not paying attention, you'll probably never notice that the trousers are the same. But it's like, oh, no, see, it's still those same plaid, you know, suit pants. Yeah. But now he's wearing a cardigan. So it's it was, it was always interesting to me. But it's also kind of like the Mr. Rogers of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's a fun little uh, little way. Also, turtlenecks I, okay. I like, but I haven't really gotten a chance to wear this year. That one, I feel like, makes sense with, like, the 70s connotations. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. yeah. Going- also, but if you want to do the Robert Wagner, the kerchief over the turtleneck oh actually that's kind of is, fun that's a that's i a do that it is why um so like in terms of like t- we've been talking a lot about like 70s and 80s like or 60s and 70s tv uh is there do you, is there anyone on tv now who you're like oh wow this is like this person's really stylish <sighs> jesus christ man oh well um I wrote about uh, Kaminsky Method, Alan Alda. Oh, okay. No, not Alan Alda. Um, God. The... Alan Arkin. Alan yeah. Arkin on uh, Kaminsky Method years ago. I really liked his clothes. Uh, <laughs> it's like, where are the old men at? And this is what I... But it is... Uh... Because well, I I know that like a lot of times like we we talked about this before a lot of times now on TV when a character is supposed to be stylish like one that's like their entire personality and two like the yeah. clothes are bad 
Like, well, I, yeah, but it's just like it's it's basically like my general. This is like my general. Like I don't understand uh, the world kind of thing because yeah. like you know Hollywood stylists are in in theory you know very cutting edge and like mm-hmm. very knowledgeable and whatnot. But there's there's a version of like very knowledgeable that is menswear Instagram that yeah. is you know your PTOMO kind of like that. Or there is the very knowledgeable, which is everyone's wearing vacuum sealed pants. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so it's, it, I find it just baffling that there's rarely an instance of someone who is very knowledgeable in the former getting a stylist role or whatever. Like I really liked uh, like Adam Conover on Adam ruins everything years ago. Okay. I liked a lot of like the initial choices. The cuts were all, you know, wrong yeah. or not wrong, but just like very, basic or you know the pants could have been fuller etc you know the jackets could have been but like i i appreciated the uh over maybe yeah like the styling was very like the colors and like the the jackets and stuff was all night but like it wasn't until like watching glass onion (laughs) and seeing (laughs) literally everything benoit blanc was wearing in that movie was like this wild like finally the stuff that i like on instagram i'm finally seeing for presumably the first time in a movie because stylists never dress men like that i really love when yeah you watch a movie and it's like wow this character actually has like good taste like as a menswear yeah. guy i'm like wow yeah. this is a person that if i saw them at some menswear event i would be like hey that's a nice outfit like that's so rare i, I feel like, like his god like what his he has like a linen field jacket in that that i love i love that ridiculous and I'm a speedo guy, so the fact that I love his ridiculous like shorts and button down <laughs> like suit, yeah, his like uh, water onesie or whatever, uh-huh. like I yeah. love that. <laughs> but oh, God, it, this is a problem that I have. Like you know, covering award shows and like our social media editor will be like, "Who are like?" She'll always handle like the who are the best dressed men. And for me, I'm always like, "God, well, I mean, if you want to know who I actually think is the best, it's like who's who out here is wearing a good tuxedo." Yeah. Who's just wearing a good tuxedo? And it is. It's like, it's kind of funny how like, like I was, so I was getting into a discussion um, with uh, a couple friends of mine where they were, they were talking about like, like wedding attire or something. And they were like, I like, it's like Spencer, I bet, you know, like, like at your wedding or whatever, you're going to like be wearing this crazy tuxedo. And I'm like, if I wore a tuxedo, it would just be black and white. <laughs> like, and yeah, they were yeah, all like so shocked. Be... And it's like, really? You wouldn't do something more exciting. I'm like, no, it's a tuxedo. <laughs> like why? why well, would... but like, a it would be, it would be with... good. It would be a good tuxedo. If you got like yeah. a night, like a double breasted tuxedo with peak lapels or something oh, like yeah. that, a uh, black, but it's just like, that would be, oh, so the only person, so Harvey Guillen from uh, What We Do in the Shadows, I mm-hmm. would love to interview him about his style or whoever he works with because he is, so like being a gay man and running in those circles, there's a lot of excitement about what a lot of queer men are wearing on the red carpet now. And right. I, and I want to say like, I celebrate that thumbs up for me personally a lot of the times to my eye coming from a classic menswear which again gays and classic menswear were very few it feels which is very strange uh, uh a lot of times it just looks like this man is wearing a dress that was made f- that was cut for a woman is mm-hmm. usually what it feels like i am seeing yeah no, uh, and so like it feel and it's like i want to like you know, i'm not i'm celebrating that yes good 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 but in terms of, like you're asking me like my personal style and what i like Right. How, how Harvey Guillen translates his queerness to menswear is 
super because also first of all he's a larger man Mm -hmm. so he in theory shouldn't be stylish um he always he wears high-waisted like full fit like pleated trousers a lot of the time in weird colors yeah uh he'll wear he'll wear like double-breasted stuff he'll wear jackets that are structure like oh yeah or like elaborate bows and stuff but everything still feels rooted in a traditional menswear silhouette but the fabric choices um the sparkle like all of that is gay and different and he's like the only uh queer male male identifying like celebrity that i'm like i would wear everything that he wears Mm -hmm. that actually plays with a lot of the menswear tradition and does it well, well yeah, um, it's like the I think yeah the silhouette and the structure I think is missing. It's what's missing from a lot of these like quote unquote like, like avant everything red ha- carpet Harry Styles we wears. Yeah. Like I'm just like oh good yay he's the straight guys uh, or I don't know maybe he I don't know I don't want to <laughs> anger the the Harry Styles. Yeah, we have so many stands uh, that listen. But I think another good example of this is like in Drag Race, like RuPaul is like wears a lot of like wild suits that are very traditional cut, but they're very like traditional like uh, suit supply cut mm-hmm. um, as in like off the rack suit. Like they're very I mean, he's a very tall, thin man. So, of course, he's wearing very tight clothes and yeah. it's fine. But Drag Race España, the Spanish uh, Supreme Deluxe, the host of huh. that, his suits I love because they are more 30s cut. But like they're always double breasted, they always have peak lapels, they're more full, they're fuller, but they're always like one of them was like, I think it was green and purple, but like bisected oh, like cool. this. Okay, yeah. There's something and it's just like green on top, purple below. And it, like it's stuff like that, like playing with colors, but the silhouette and the structure is still very rooted in traditional menswear. So it's like mm. that is what I, I find exciting about modern modern menswear and it don't happen that often yeah <laughs> usually it's like here's a man and he ain't wearing socks you know <laughs> or it's, it's he's like, at he's I, at the oscars not wearing socks i keep thinking of like the like adam scott wearing the super awkward like green kind of western suit like the short yeah. weird thing and it's like i don't know like uh, we, we talked about this a little bit but um i think the issue is like so many of these guys are like doing like i gotta do a play on this classic idea or i gotta do a play on this like 2000s era thing that yeah I'm wearing. but it's like like i'm not saying no one has to wear you know straight like like vintage styling or whatever but people did like we kind of figured out what makes suits like look good and flattering at a certain point we, we, yeah um, we did it yeah we got like it. We, yeah. we figured it out and there's a there's a there's a way to do it um and i feel like playing more along those lines is like okay i'm gonna still have this like follow the rules that make this appealing uh that actually like flatter those rules yeah because then like harvey could harvey Gein could go out wearing like thin lapels and like tight pants and all that but it's like that wouldn't flatter his and you know you get into the whole, all bodies are uh beautiful etc but like i think that he looks the most confident and very striking mm-hmm. in the silhouettes that he chooses which are very rooted in classic um when i was at i i'm a member of the television critics association uh very uh and i when i was at the event in uh, pasadena in january i saw maddie matheson from the bear uh, nice. who, uh and he was god i can't remember what he was wearing oh no he was wearing i think like a Kind of like a, a like a retro kind of like fifties polo with a nice suit, like him mm. might have been a double breasted suit or something, and then like you know Ray Ban sunglasses and stuff, and it was like 
like real recognized real kind of thing and after you know <laughs> and when all the press people were mingling with the cast i made sure to like stop and be like hey i really like what you're wearing <laughs> yeah and he was like like you know we talked for like a little second but it was like one of those you know i'm going to i don't think anyone else here is going to compliment you on your wardrobe uh man of size covered in tattoos from an fx comedy huh. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm going to say that you are the best dressed person here. Because it's, uh, it's it kind of like fun. That. Like, you know, that's that's the other thing is like, I feel like, yeah, what celebrities wear when they're not in costume and when they're, they're not on the red carpet. Like, that's that's really, I don't know. It's like uh, we were talking about how Bob Newhart, all the clothes that he's wearing on his show were his. Yeah. That's the case for a lot of like like golden era Hollywood actors, like most of Cary Grant's suits or Jimmy Stewart's suits, et cetera. They were just suits that oh. they brought in from home. Um, and God, I feel yeah. like that really is such a difference because that that's the thing that I see a lot of times on char- like on TV shows or movies where a character is supposed to be stylish or if it's like a, like a period piece or something and they're supposed to be wearing period clothing. Like sometimes it's like not necessarily that the outfits themselves are bad. I mean, usually they are, but sometimes it's not. But it's like the actor is clearly uncomfortable wearing the clothes. Like you can tell it's like, oh, those aren't his clothes. Yeah, he does. he doesn't know how to wear these. John things. Cena doesn't work in this. So I think when it's like it's so refreshing to see an actor who is like, yeah, like stylish, like outsider role or knows how to wear the clothes and stuff like yeah. that. Um which you just don't have as much anymore. <laughs> so before we, I mean, uh, for the last part of this, I do want to talk about Barb and yeah, drag. Yeah, I was say, let's get into that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I want, like, how did that, how did that start, you know, for you? Was it something that you've always been kind of interested in or see, he, see some kind of like camaraderie? Because he said that you got yeah. a drag race for Decider. So obviously that started. Oh yeah. You, that started before you started doing drag, correct? Yeah. I think like my, relationship with drag race is very parallel to my like ex- evolution as a gay man. Cause like I first started, I, were, I first watched drag race. It was, I think season three was on Netflix. So this was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it and that was before I like, this is before I love myself. So how was I going to love anyone else? Yeah. Um, and so I was like repul- repulsed, like this isn't me. Um, and it wasn't until like 2016 then I got into drag race proper. And then when I started at decider in 2017, I became, I gradually became like the main reporter on it. And so I've spent the past six years interview. I mean, I've interviewed probably 150, like specifically just like RuPaul drag queens, like yeah. of, of that franchise. I've interviewed like 150 of them. And, and it started with like, anytime I had to interview any of them face to face, cause this was in the before times before zoom became a thing. Yeah. Uh, I would always wear a suit. Like I would put on my green double breasted suit and an ascot and jewelry. Like I would go the, because it felt like a form of respect to show they're coming here in full drag. Yeah. It is 9 AM and they have definitely been up since six doing this. So I shouldn't show up in a t-shirt and jeans. Oh, exactly. And, yeah. and, and that like carried that kind of became a thing, but I always told myself I could never do it. And, and I always considered my, like my suiting was my drag. And mm. I would bring that. And I do think that that is still accurate. Like anytime anyone puts on any clothes for the uh, visual uh, stimulation of anyone else, you're doing, you're doing a form of drag. You might be doing it on a one, you might be doing it on 11, but you are doing it because all drag is, is a performance of your uh, performance of a kind of gender is all it is. Um, Right. And so 
I never thought I could do it. And I was very content with my menswear being my drag. And I call it that and still do. But it wasn't until last summer uh, when I was in, we were in Palm Springs with my husband and my two best friends. And we're all like from high school that I've known for like 20 years that we, you know, did all the seventies thrift shopping in college. And like we did all, we've gone through all this together. And so we were in Palm Springs and that's when Roe v. Wade was uh, struck down was that Friday of our trip. And it just like was this. And that's also like at that time, Republicans were going after drag queens for drag queen story hour Mm -hmm. uh, at that time. Proud boys protesting shit. And so that was already on my mind. And it was just this like I'm doing drag when we get back to when we get back to New York City. I'm just I'm doing it. It it, it was just kind of just and I. Like that day, I just so one of my uh, high school friends is a drag queen in Chicago, uh, mini pearl necklace. And so I DM'd him and was like, <laughs> like, I'm doing drag, uh, ne- like I'm buying things now. What course do I need? What, you know, just like what makeup, like everything. He was so excited and, you know, shared me, shared, shared everything with me. And it and then, yeah, and then it just has uh, gone on. Uh, it's gone on from there because it ended up like being this perfect encapsulation of everything that I love doing that I've not been able to do for a long time. Uh, Comedy, graphic Mm -hmm. design, style, uh, performance, uh, being gay and stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's, it's, it, it encompasses everything. I did improv and sketch comedy at UCB for 10 years uh, in, in my 20s. And, you know, now most of my friends are in LA uh, <laughs> writing or on very uh, big shows. Uh, so uh, I'm, and I'm not, so uh, th- this is a way that I can perform a lot. Like I don't have to rely on my improv teammates. Where are they? Or <laughs> casting a show. Like I am the character performer, the show I'm the special effect. I'm the, you know, and my artistic skills, I love drawing and makeup is very scratches that itch. And it, it's just become a, uh, a passion and I've only been, I've only been doing it for nine months and I've only performed out in public twice. Cause again, New York is just so frustrating to navigate. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is kind of funny that we just spent like the bonus episode, which I don't think you've heard yet. Cause it hasn't come out. I just talked about the whole time. It's like, wow, New York is so easy to get around. It. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyway, uh, how, how did, uh, I got a, I got a question. Yeah, so yeah. how did how did you know the the Barb Hardly you know drag queen character kind of come out? How did you characterize it? You know I've seen a couple of the clips, but like, what was the inception? Yeah. Of this? It, so like, RuPaul always says RuPaul always says in the makeover episodes this, the the adage is always drag doesn't uh, drag doesn't hide who you are or reveals who you are, right? Which is a thing that you know it sounds like gobbledygook like what i don't know what the fuck you're talking about um (laughs) but it is so it's true because it's like realizing like well what do i if i could create a a female character that i am like what is that Mm -hmm. and the thing that i'm passionate about it's like old television like she is the she's like the Catherine Hahn character in wandavision but without the twist reveal that she's an evil witch you know like the 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 neighbor the secretary the try hard the southern bell the sass the you know, so also because like I wasn't going to shave my mustache because I have a mustache 
as almost a tribute to uh, my gay forefathers of the 70s. Huh. So it's like, I'm not going to get rid of one gay iconography for another. Yeah. Um, so it's like, well, since I'm going to be a mustache queen, like I'm not <laughs> under no circumstances. Am I ever going to be like passable as a woman or beautiful, <laughs> you know, like by conventionally. So that really amped up the like, well, let's like have fun. Yeah. Let's, uh, colors like I'll go on Amazon and search for gowns and dresses and stuff. And if I find a silhouette, I like, I'm like, well, what is the ugliest color? <laughs> or if my like knee jerk reaction is that is hideous. Like I have to buy it, uh-huh. which is the, the pink neoprene uh, dress that I bought at a thrift store in Tennessee with these ridiculous, like huge ruffles. It's like off the shoulder and it's just huge ruffles and it's neoprene. It's from yeah. New York and company. Um, and I was like, well, I'm buying that for a dollar. Uh, <laughs> So she really, she came alive that way, but also what I've tried to do, and I don't know, this might be, this is, I think, applicable advice to any type of style, is I've, I always was like, well, I have a very specific idea of what she is, and who okay. I am as her, but I'm not limiting myself. You know, right, like, I know okay. she is 60s and 70s, um, mod, mm-hmm. Southern Belle, but I've also, like, recently, I found a lot of, like, really nice like evening gowns that i like really love and i love how i look in them and i'm like well barb is now kind of ava gabor like she's kind of green acres as well she was initially very rhoda and mary and carol kester from bob newhart show now she's also very lisa douglas from green acres like Mm -hmm. i i'm loving like big jewelry and also because making my making me look trying to look like a beautiful woman is also hilarious to me (laughs) because again, like I dress like this, I wear suits and have a mustache and then like I'm glamor. It's really funny to me. Would you Um, ever, would you ever do like the Cesar Romero Joker thing? You just paint over the mustache. That's also kind of what I like. I realized like my, I do think my mustache weirdly disappears when I get into drag. Mm. No, I've Uh, noticed that. I, I, it's, yeah. And I don't even like, I will, I will run some foundation in it, but I don't ever really try to cover it up. It just does. And I don't know. And it's very strange. And I don't, it's, it's a weird, I think you're just so stunned by all the rest of the beauty exactly. that you can't, can't, you can't tell. Uh, so yeah, I try not not limit myself. I try to be like, if I want to try a hair color or a garment or anything like just, you know, buy it, mm-hmm. you know, do it. Uh, see if it fits. Like I'm, because again, I'm also like, I've only been doing this nine months and it seems crazy to like, narrow like barb will never lip sync to a song <laughs> written past 2000 like no that's not you know if i want to do it i'll do it you well, know? In, in the nine months since you've been doing it how do you think the i don't know the character the style or whatever how do you think that is developed i mean i i have recently i think like through repetition you learn a lot more about uh makeup definitely because i'd never done makeup before really before this and i have learned a lot more about like how I like to contour my cheekbones. Cause a lot, it, it is theater makeup. Like it's buying the like thick grease, like yeah. found it. Like it's like meant to be seen from the back. So it's very, it's very intense, but I've like figured out, you know, eye shapes that I like. Um, I also like figuring out proportions. Like everything has been a gradual and I'm, this also probably applies to menswear as well as like the first pads that I bought, like the first hip pads and butt pads and even like boobs that I bought. I've replaced. I've leveled up like two times since then because those those initial ones weren't big enough and they, you couldn't tell that I was wearing anything, but I didn't know that until I got them and got in drag, which I think is the same thing with, you know, menswear is like, I bought these, uh, I need a higher rise on these pants. I need a bigger cuff on this. Like, 
And, and so like, I'm really proud of where I am now with my, uh, with my, with my body, uh, <laughs> with, uh, how cinched and curvy I, I am. Uh, I think I've done well there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm really proud with the aesthetic. I'm, I really like, I'm really like honing in on what, I don't know. I guess I am kind of like actually defining a lot more of the rules now. I think discovering this uh, pageanty Ava Gabor 60s socialite side of myself mm-hmm. uh, has added a lot to Barb's character that I didn't know was going to be there in the beginning. Uh, I thought it was all going to be like, you know, Fembot kind of like go go huh. dresses and stuff, which I still really like, but. I still get to talk like this and be a big old ball of nerves while also wearing a gorgeous evening gown and huge jewels. There you go. <laughs> Which is again a really funny contrast to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like I think it's becoming a lot more clear, and that's the exciting thing about it is actually seeing the progression on yourself. Yeah. Because uh, you know it's very rewarding to be like I can noticeably see I I look better yeah. than i did five months ago like it's really cool i mean talk about menswear that's why we're like you know take fit pics so you could see the progression over the years oh yeah and everything and it's kind of and, oh god and i love it because like i don't know uh almost anything about women's wear in general but i feel like if there was a situation where i had to get into it i feel like the the menswear knowledge would would help that out the menswear base knowledge would help that out and so it's yeah. like when you're you're kind of like speed running, developing a style, I guess, because you've already done it in one genre or whatever. <laughs> and now you're, you're well, it doing is, it again. It is like I am discovering like I'm now dressing like the women who are the partners of the men that I like dressing like. Yeah. Like, like honestly, like like uh, Oliver Douglas from Green Acres, uh, Eddie Albert. I first of all, I love super handsome, but also just like love him doing farm work in velvet vests and like velvet waistcoats and like pocket watches and stuff. I love how he dresses, but now I also dress like Ava Gabor. Yeah. Uh, and it, 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 it be, like all my menswear really did help hone in like on areas of expertise, like things that I've just absorbed. And so mm-hmm. like, that's really translated well to, to who Barb is. And I mean, I'm probably never going to be the kind of queen who like, Wears nobody just puts on a bikini and then does a Rihanna number. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> which is what a lot of you know your your thin like you know Twinkie gays can pull off effortlessly. Um, I've also like shaved nothing. Like <laughs> I'm just myself, uh, and so therefore you know that's an interesting choice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so where do you see yourself going? Like with with Barb? I know you did like the Arby review thing. I see the clips on TikTok and and everything like that. Yeah. Like, platform wise what i love about it is like and what i've always admired so much about drag queens is like there is really no limit on almost like doing drag is giving yourself an excuse to be looked at and that's all that's kind of like all it is because like as in in menswear like i often like i love my outfits and stuff and i would always be like i wish that i could make like a poster of me you know (laughs) which i mean is very vain but also like man if you feel yourself feel yourself yeah you know like have confidence it is okay but you know i love graphic design and i like you know taking photos and like stuff and it's there is a weird bit of a um like why are you doing this 
to yeah. it in a way. Like if I, if I wanted to do those, this is the army videos, which are um, about 10 minute long. I've done three of them and they're a part of they're uh, me talking about the research I've done into the Irving Berlin's, this is the army, which is a world war two review show Four soldiers, actual soldiers, put on four other soldiers and a lot of gay men were in the army and did drag for mm. other soldiers that the government was okay with <laughs> drag is fine there's nothing to be worried about or afraid of you idiots um but like if i wanted to do that just wearing a suit kind of it feels like i don't know like who get what gives you the right to do this like i mean right, like okay. it's like hey, this is a nice suit like whatever but like if you're a drag queen uh. all of a sudden there's like a reason like you are in a ridiculous costume you've obviously put time into it you are larger it immediately makes you larger than life and therefore it feels more justified putting a spotlight on yourself mm -hmm. so so i enjoy that um so that's what i love about drag and because of that like i host my podcast as barb i am going to try to do more like queer history videos for like tiktok and instagram yeah that are edited that are me in a like you know a gown or something to walking you through did you know raymond burr from perry mason was a homosexual huh. who invented two dead wives wow. to keep himself in the closet um yeah like do that i'm starting a video podcast or a video series um called stop dragging your heels uh That's which i haven't i'm in theory starting it tomorrow yeah. where i will be interviewing drag queens about how they got their start because as i've tried to learn how to do drag it's been kind of a it's been hard learning things because there aren't centralized knowledge places for just like oh, how do you huh. buy how where do you buy jewelry like a lot of it has been discovering or feeling like i'm pestering other queens yeah. you know you don't want to take up time so i'm, I'm going to start interviewing queens about how they got their start what makeup you know just like all the bare bones stuff that maybe they never talk about so look out look out for that on the bar parley instagram okay. and i also just i want to ideally i want to start performing uh that is the thing i would love to host a brunch uh oh. karaoke you know a trivia just like any type of because that's more of the queen i am like uh, there's also a real strong undercurrent of 70s variety show mm -hmm. to barb say, and also to yeah. drag in general so like that whole era of just if you, you're a funny person on television like that's <laughs> that's all like you know they weren't actors they weren't writers they were just like it hey, was a funny person they're yeah. on television like i like that and so i that's the kind of drag that i want to do and it's like you know figuring out how to figuring out how to do that uh in new york city when you are uh, 38 live really far out in Queens and have a nine to five, which huh. means any weeknight show is almost a no go. Man. So it's been, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Um, but a lot of it's making your own opportunities. So. Well, I, I think we can probably end with a couple like rapid fire things. First, uh, are you, can you like plug your book that you're working on? Is that something that you can talk oh, yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, so I'm working on a book. It'll, it'll now it's, going to be the uh story of this is the army and the queer soldiers from this is the army um told through the lens of hayden rourke and justice addis hayden rourke played dr bellows and i dream of genie mm -hmm. justice addis was his partner he directed episodes of alfred hitchcock presents in twilight zone uh, helped discover ronald reagan clint eastwood uh, jack nicholson like yeah. he directed all their like first stuff um but they were out together were a couple lived openly um and i have you know in, spent three years interviewing barbara eden all of their families uh at asner a ton of people mm -hmm. and doing so much research into all of this and i am you know uh working on 
getting it uh, represented and then shopped around to publishers. So hopefully that'll be happening soon. Yeah. Well, I remember, but it's essentially, it'll be like the untold queer history of this really important Irving Berlin show. And just, you know, proving that gay people have always been around. We were essential to stopping Nazis. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because I remember you talking about this when you were visiting uh, Anaheim for uh, D23 oh, yeah. or whatever, the Star Wars convention. But that was, yeah, it yeah. Sounds, sounds really interesting. God, it's it's been a passion project and also like ties into drag. And yeah. so like it is this weird, like my entire, all my interests have been coalescing to this moment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did want to ask, uh, does any any revelations about doing drag retroactively work for, for menswear? Like have, has your menswear style changed you know whether slightly or big you know within the past nine months no i mean the only thing that's really changed is that i'm doing less of it Hmm. i mean it's almost okay well just because like it's been harder it it is easier for me to find uh dresses that fit me than pants huh okay but I think it's also just because like a dress is kind yeah, of just like a tube sense. of fabric that you yeah. and also, it's yeah. Tube. And also I'm for tube. drag, I'm also manipulating all of my proportions uh-huh. like intentionally, which I'm not doing uh, in menswear because it's uncomfortable to right. wear a corset. Uh, <laughs> so, so like it's, it's, that's a revelation. I, yeah, I do know. I think that I'm, I do know that I like it separate. I like the dichotomy, mm. like nothing, nothing from my, drag is coming back into my menswear but i think that is a thing i've discovered like i i really enjoy being a man who dresses traditionally masculinely and then also having this other like it's really that dichotomy i think strengthening that dichotomy uh for for pleasure, not yeah. for like I'm in a prison of my own making. <laughs> <laughs> not not that. Uh, I think that's what has been really fun and interesting. Like doing the side. I mean, if you if everyone goes and watch my Christmas special mm. that I made, Barb very Barb Hardly Christmas. I did a duet of uh, Bing Crosby's Jingle Bells, where I in my vintage tuxedo lip synced Bing's part, and then in my gold sparkly uh, mini dress did uh, the Andrew Sisters that's part. That's cool. Yeah, together side by side. <laughs> so like that's a fun thing that I'm. Uh, I really enjoy playing with, which also I think underscores that like my menswear is also a form of drag. Mm-hmm. It takes yeah. a long time to put on a tuxedo and a bunch of jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> well, would you, because you said you wear it less, does it, be, are you favoring some outfits in menswear? You know, that, cause now, now it's, you know, you're separating. The yeah. Two. I mean, it's, it's also cause like, I don't really get to go out as much as I, but like, it's also like, so budgetary, I have one, uh, Spear McKay double breasted, like Navy hopsack, uh, sport coat uh that i wear with everything because it's the only one i have because i can't afford to drop another 200 300 bucks <laughs> to get a second one um so yeah i mean I, I always default to like you know one of my proper claw shirts a slacks trousers a bit of then a jacket with some variation of neckwear i mean usually when i go into the office that's what i that's what i do although i mean like i wore an oxford button down in jeans and a field jacket and man i got so many compliments on just the field jacket and part of me is thinking like, man, this is my like, I'm tired and don't want to try outfit. <laughs> I mean, I guess my baseline is that's good. I guess I, I've done something right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to ask, like, what are your what are your other pop culture uh, colleagues think of your style? Well, I mean, you know, since a lot of my stuff is my Cheers uh, signet ring that I had so custom cool. made, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they enjoy 
a lot of, you know, a lot of that, but also like my job, I like the on-camera portions of my job, which are few and far between. So I'm always kind of like ready to be, you know, on an Instagram or something. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, <laughs> it, it's nice having a try hard attention hound on staff because huh. <laughs> I could take all the hosting stuff. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Spencer, anything else you want to? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I had just like two last things. Um, so uh, one is, uh, like, what is your, what is your favorite? Have you gotten like any particular compliments from, uh, like people that you've interviewed? Like, what are your favorite compliments on your style that you've gotten from like oh, celebrities man. or whatever? I mean, I always love it when I'm trying to think when, well, when drag Queens compliment mm-hmm. me has felt it's all, it's always great because, you know, I really appreciate it when they can tell, Oh, he's wearing a suit. Like he's trying, yeah. you know, everyone else here is wearing a, you know, um, or like I did do one, uh, I did the finale junket of drag race, uh, UK season four, mm-hmm. uh, in drag and hmm. they, they in drag and they were so happy to see another person in drag again. Cause they're just like, Oh, this is fun. <laughs> like yeah. we're not interviewed by drag Queens often. Uh, that's been fun. I'm trying to think if God, I mean, Paul F. Tompkins complimented huh. my style uh, via Twitter. Yeah. Because uh, I think like I re- replied to him or something just like, you know, you're my I'm trying to be like you. I love you or something, <laughs> which I, yeah. I love him. And he replied like, you're doing great. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. Which why the fuck is no. Why has no one talked to him about his goddamn clothes? I don't know. It's weird. I don't it's know. so wild. He's like, talk to him about his clothing choices. He clearly wants to talk about them. Like he Try thinks to... about it. He thinks. I, about I it. love. Like... I mean, there, there's a couple of times on Comedy Bang Bang where they reference like, oh, yeah, he wore this suit this time or he yeah. had like a crazy hat or whatever, which uh-huh. is made by Cody. It just blows me away that like even like menswear podcast stuff don't ever just like talk to him. I'm just like, Let's get him it on. just. Yeah, no, we're, we we're going to do it. We're yeah. do it. Hey, he's got his own podcasting setup. He's, he's, he'll be fine. He, exactly. Yes, he he's the podcast king of America. Um, <laughs> and then uh, do you have, like, before we go, do you have just, like, general, like, I don't know, TV recommendations for our, our listeners? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, honestly, I mean, Columbo is what I'm watching right I do now. love Columbo so good. Because the other the thing I want to talk about is, like, man, old TV, like, looks really good. Like, I feel like not, God. like, uh, like a lot of, like, like movie guys I, I follow on Twitter uh, can be very dismissive of TV. Um, but, like, old, like, se- like, 60s and 70s TV shows, sometimes they're shot, like, incredibly well. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I mean, like, like, Cheers for a sitcom is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, it has a real richness that brings a real realism to it that I love, a real grit to it. It's really fun. But, like, Columbo, I mean, so Poker Face is probably going to be my show of the year. Mm-hmm. I, like lost my mind over that it's good. show i've only on seen like the first two episodes but i really so many it, just yeah. like every single week was just like oh my god i just perfect so great and so like that got me watching columbo which is so funny mm-hmm. and you don't expect it i love columbo <laughs> so much it's like the perfect he is such show. a yeah. he is such a weirdo uh-huh and I love it, especially when you realize that he has a he as like Columbo, the character is intentionally annoying oh, all yeah. of these villains. He's intentionally like making their lives. He's like Cliffording them <laughs> in a way. I don't know. But it's uh, like, yeah, you want to talk about stylish shows. Like I feel like the bad guys on Columbo oh, all God. look so cool because <laughs> it's like they're even all just like, like rich L.A. people. 
and Columbo I'm like god like if you're gonna have a uniform like god damn that's really good like I might want to be him for Halloween yeah I, I like the first uh, the, the pilot episode from like 1968 where he actually like, yeah. takes off his coat when he goes indoors and stuff like that you actually get to see the suit forget that yeah <laughs> it's LA and he's always wearing a ring <laughs> it's kind of funny uh, I'm like what the hell <laughs> but yeah yeah and I don't even know like like new stuff is uh I always get behind on it because if I'm not covering it, like I started Hello Tomorrow on Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. the you know the network that launches shows that you don't know exist exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's good. Uh, I started watching The Big Door Prize, which is the new Apple TV Plus show that no one knows exists, but it, I have literally not. I've not heard of that, <laughs> and I feel like yeah. I've heard of a lot of like, stars Apple... Chris O'Dowd, and yeah. it's very Severance-y. It's about a small town that gets kind of like a fortune teller wish machine that tells you like what your point is in life. Okay. And it, then like how that ramifications. I've only watched one episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's yeah. Uh, God, I, I wish I could <laughs> and or season one rewatch mm, that. There you go. Uh, I mean, man, you know, hope we'll see what happens with Mandalorian. We're, we're you know, we're, I'm having I have I'm having hard times with it because of my uh, re- my my feelings about organized religion and <laughs> yeah that goddamn Mandalorian cover is boring as hell. It's and not, they yeah, need it's to uh, they need to uh, they need to break free. Take off those helmets. Let's see John Favreau's face under Paz Bisla's <laughs> helmet. <laughs> the guy who's been like three characters in Star Wars already. Yeah, yeah. make him another one. Uh well Brett what anything you want to plug before we sign off here? Well listen to the podcast Must Have Seen TV and follow Barb Hardly on Instagram and TikTok and on YouTube which is uh you know which is where uh, Stop Dragging Your Heels will be uh, appearing on on there and uh, I mean that's you know Decider I'm also you know there and I'm yeah. on Twitter okay. uh, but I don't know how long you know who knows <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> that's right you still have your check mark I think you still, I still have it we'll not, see it was supposed to be going away today but it's still there well fingers crossed yeah the Instagram one is more baffling and I'm more proud of there you go and it's also harder to get and I just I lucked out well you <laughs> so, can pay um, for those now too right you just oh, really God I think so I think they're like yeah whatever what is the point what is there's the point no point anymore no, <laughs> take all of no, it away it's gone yeah. well if you guys want to talk to brett occasionally you could go to our patreon discord where he pops up you know uh uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to say that you you guarantee a response for brett yeah, if you do that no man i'm busy usually i am just busy and forget that it's uh open on my uh yeah. <laughs> my laptop um but yeah i mean you can uh, i like being grumpy about uh idiots in forums that i will never be a member of mm, yeah i love hearing about them and i love being angry you don't have to know the rules in order to break them dude just do whatever you want anarchy there you yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> but to do all of that with brett with us you go to patreon.com slash down direction uh five dollars a month gets you access to our discord and our backlog of bonus episodes where we talk about movies uh hey maybe tv shows at some point uh $10 a month doesn't give you anything else extra other than we thank you personally. So thank That's you right. to Shane Curry, Philip Gagard, Jared Colian, Henrik Wilberg, Alexander Batten, Nick Wooster, which is a, you know, his... The real not, guy. Not, not, yeah, yeah, sure. It's a real guy. Quotation marks. And Austin yeah. Malott, who came back to us. <laughs> so... Uh, we thank you all for 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 supporting the podcast. Sorry, I'm like right. he's, he's got so scared for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Ethan M. Wong. I'm Spencer DSO, 
and follow the Instagram at Style Direction. And, you know, thank you, MJ, for, you know, being so silent the whole time here. <laughs> He's been on the call. He just doesn't. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, thank you again, Brett, for joining us. Uh, Thanks on for having. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.